Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Down to the Core. We are your host. I am Jim. And I'm Julie. And we are the founders of Sita Hope Soul Coaching. And each week we will bring you three episodes where you will get to hear her perspective, his perspective, and, and our perspective. perspective. Today, Today you'll get, get both, both of us. us. So, so let's, let's get, get started. Good morning, Soul Family. Good morning, Soul Family. Hope you guys are doing good. I had to make sure my mic was on, so it probably got loud. Happy Thursday. It is Thursday. November 16th? Yep. Because tomorrow's my best birthday. Moly. Can you believe we're in the middle of November already? And hello to all of our friends. Back home in Oregon. We hope you're enjoying your nice rainy days. <laughs> because we have nice sunny days. Yeah. Not to throw it in your face, but there you have it. <laughs> well, they were raining for a minute. They, but... Yeah, we had a couple days. That's the cool thing about Texas. The rainstorms actually last like two days. Yep, and then the sun comes back out. And the sun comes back out. So it's not like six months or no, eight it's months wonderful. or something. So it's... Uh, we can deal with it for a couple of days, and it's not even really rain. Yeah, um, it just kind of drizzles. It's a lot of rain for them, but probably but... for these guys, yeah, sure. And they get some storms where it just dumps, but... you know, um, thunderstorms. But we had a today is supposed to be sunny and seventy, so we'll take it. Take it. Probably have to put on shorts before we leave. Yes, that's funny. I just got back from letting the chickens out. This is our week to have the chickens and the goats, and so. I went and got the girls ready for their day. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Except for there's a lot of them here there's compared a lot to what we had. A lot of chickens. But anyhow. So what you got for us today, babes? Well, I, you know, I've been reading this book, Conversations with God. Um, and oh my gosh, today was really good. We've, you know, already had a conversation and you know we keep saying we're just gonna wear our microphones one day just like all day long and we really need to because we always end up having these conversations before and then we're like oh we gotta make a podcast out of that and, and then you gotta try to remember like, you know sometimes you feel like yeah. is it gonna turn out the same blah 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 because mm-hmm. you feel like the conversation was great but i i guess you know when it comes down to it it's going to be what it's meant what it's be. meant to be yep. and so i think that's the cool thing about it um so anywho yeah so as if you don't know conversations with god it's just a uh conversation with god that um neil donald walsh donald walsh had and basically it's you know him asking all of the many, 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 many questions, and it's a three-book series. I think it's just three books um, that you know he's he's had his whole entire life, and the reality is is probably, probably most what have. most of us have. Um, if you know we're being honest, being honest, and um, so anyhow, I today I I only read little snippets at a time like I don't read a whole chapter because um you know it, it they're deep questions and you know it's a deep in-depth book or whatever and so today's I just found really interesting 
um, because, you know, it's all things that, you know, we have, all of us have come across. And, and for me, it's about my experiences. And the thing is, is that you don't get to have experiences if you don't experience them. Mm-hmm. And most of the time we stop ourselves from having the experience because oftentimes we have this belief, and it's going to talk about this in the book, that the church and God, your relationship with God has to be and look and ha- be a certain way or whatever the case is. And if you go out of that or question it in any way, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have always had a problem with that. Always. Mm-hmm. Because how am I supposed to know if it's right or wrong if I don't experience it? Experience it, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's the way it is for everyone. But in here, the, the, the question that came today, um, he's talking about values. And he said, the question is, you say, hold to your values. At the same time, you say, our values are all wrong. Help me with this. And then God responds with, I have not said that your values are wrong but neither are they right. They are just simply judgments, assessments, and decisions. For the most part, they are decisions that were made not by you, but by someone else. Your parents, perhaps, even your religion, your teachers, your historians, and your politicians. Very few of the value judgments that you incorporate into your truth are actually judgments that you yourself have made based on your own experiences mm. yeah experiences what you came here for and out of your experience were you were you to create yourself you have created yourself out of the experience of others and then he goes on to say that if there was such a thing as sin this would be it to allow yourself to become what you are because of the experience of others bam that right there is so powerful okay this is the sin that you have all committed it's not experiencing things for yourself but accepting the experience of others as the gospel literally so because me as a parent i put that experience on my children now they don't get to experience anything because now they just have my belief system. Yeah. And are you done or? No, I was going to say Go a few ahead. more things that he says here. Right. Um, so when you encounter the actual experience for the first time, you overlay what it is that you think you already know the encounter should exactly. look like. Exactly. But if you do not do this, then you might have an actual holy Holy as in W-H-O-L-L-Y. Different experience. One that might render your original teachers or sources wrong. And this is, in most cases, you don't want to make your parents, your school teachers, your religion, your beliefs, your traditions, your holy scriptures. You don't want them to be wrong. So you deny your own experience in favor of what you have been told to think. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was, and it goes on, that this is a very long one, um, but, and then it goes on, but for me that was, it was just so, you know, profound, because I think, um, 
for the last few years, that's exactly what, you know, I've been doing. I was sharing earlier, you know, going through the process of learning and acknowledging that God is everything, everywhere, at every single moment, at every single time. God, goddess, they, creator, source, it doesn't matter what name you put on it. It's all one. It is and all we, one. we have continued to talk about that. Um, and, but you will never be able to have the understanding of that without a true experience exactly. of it. It's truth. And it's, it, what's the thing that pops in my mind is, I mean, it's such the, the cool thing about reading these books is every time we read them, just past experiences come up in my mind that, edify what we've read mm -hmm. whether it's yeah. in me or somewhere else so for instance in this one it's learning you know your belief system or your experience is based on others experiences other than your own <laughs> you know and, and we're taught in seminary at least um and and some churches talk about it uh some don't but you know the it's the idea that you know most people that grow up in church they grow up with their parents' belief system. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, they're what they call, what mm -hmm. they would say, this is my belief system, is not their experience of it. And then, and they do great all the way through school and stuff because, you know, they've got this protected bubble, you know, mm -hmm. this protected belief system around them. Um, but what happens is when they get out of the house, <laughs> all of a sudden, because that belief system is not their own mm -hmm. experience and it's not theirs, it's someone else's, mm -hmm. all of a sudden their world falls apart. Yeah. And and in, and probably actually in, a, in some instances, initially we want to say in a bad way. Right. right? But but really, and, and that's how I, that's how I, that's how I taught it. You know, this is horrible because they don't have their own beliefs, which that is horrible because we all need to have our own experience so we can have, you know, if we all are experiencing basically the same thing, then all of our belief systems are going to be the same. Mm -hmm. um, but perhaps maybe some of that is happening or happening. So, so maybe it's not a bad thing and maybe it's happening so that they can actually build their own belief system right. that they never had before. Yeah. But that kind of goes to show what you're taught in the church. Right. It's, well, yeah. I mean, or outside of whichever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you know, because when you go out onto your own and you start to experience these things, and then you come home and you try to share them with your parents, yeah. Then then what happens? You get judgment. You get judgment. You know. And, yes. Exactly. And um, you know, oh, you can't do it that way. You can't do it that way. You know, blah 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 That's blah. Double or whatever. Or you know. Um. So. You know, you can't, it's unfair to make a judgment about something that you have never experienced. Exactly. And so, you know, when, uh, you know, we, we have this value system because of how we were raised. And if that value system says, you know, you can't manifest because manifestation is bad, mm -hmm. you know, 
or whatever. It's the same thing as prayer. It is the same thing. You know, however, we've been taught that to use the word manifesting is such a god-awful word, but exactly. it's not. Oh. You know, and so <clears throat> when you, it doesn't matter what that, what that belief system is about, you know, if it's money, if it's prayer, if it's whatever, you know, your judgment about money, for instance, when I was growing up, um, I would say that I had an unhealthy relationship with money pretty much a good majority of my life until recently. And because I didn't have a relationship with money, mm -hmm. I wasn't taught how mm -hmm. to have a relationship with exactly. money. I, it was almost like my belief about money was it, it's just there. Um, it's there because you hold a job and you use that money to pay your bills and then you have none at the end of the month. Exactly. <laughs> and nice. then you just American have money. dream. <laughs> you know? And in order for you to have nice things, you must either A, not pay a bill or put yourself in debt mm -hmm. in order to have those things. Sure. But your nice things ended up being whatever the Joneses next door had because, you know, you had to have what they had or, exactly. you know, the next best thing or whatever. And so I had this warped sense of, you know, my own style, my own, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't until, and I'm, I just turned 48. So it wasn't until I was in my 40s <laughs> mm -hmm. that my relationship with money started to change. And honestly, that was only a few years ago. Um, and I realized, you know, money's important, but it's not important in that sense to me anymore. Right. It's a totally different. Well, it's just a, a means to an end, right? It's not the driving factor. In the past, it was the, for me, it was the driving factor. Well, I wouldn't even say it's a means oh. to an end for me. For me, I, my relationship with money now is obviously to be able to survive mm -hmm. in, in, you know, the world that I live in because you, the reality is, is we got to have money in order to, you know, buy mm -hmm. certain things in order sure. to, to live and survive, which is food and, you know, all the other things, right? Um, sometimes, you know, our socks get old. We have to buy new socks, mm -hmm. underwear, whatever, you sure, know. Sure. Um, but for me, my relationship with money now is to serve other people. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like in, you know, in that service way. Mm -hmm. You know, I am not saying that I have, I have to make, you know, a certain amount a month where before I would have to have this amount of money and if mm -hmm. for any reason i did not make that amount of money i was screwed i mean that was my attitude i was yeah. screwed we weren't going to be able to pay a bill and oh my god it was so stressful and uh, la, la, and mm -hmm. now it's like oh okay well you know you only made whatever and i think it's a humbling experience when you you know live a pretty simplistic life which i you know i feel like we Live a pretty simplistic life. Sure. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if someone was to say, well, yeah, but don't you want to have two cars and have, you know, whatever? No. I am so supremely happy with everything I have. Yeah. You know? And if 
creator wants to, you know, bless me with something else in life at some point, then so be it. Exactly. But that's not for me to determine. No. You know? And I've experienced having. Um, maybe it wasn't what you had or they had or, you know, whatever. But I've had what I need to have for my experience. And from my experience, having all of that did not make me happy. Exactly. You know? Um, so, you know, we have, we, anyhow, my point is, is that we have these judgments on, on things. And, you know, we, again, and we've lived this pretty simplistic life. And so, you know, to, to say, you know, well, it's, it's bad, bad, or it's sinful for you to, to manifest, you know, money, um, you know, through, you know, whatever, prayer, uh, burning a candle, making a money jar, whatever. I mean, there's so much judgment that goes around that. But, well, if I'm just going to be honest, I've done that. And I did that a week ago, not even a week ago, and we've already manifested money. Yep. So, I mean, if, if from, in my experience, it works, then why are, it doesn't work because, for people because they don't do it. They well, they don't believe. They don't believe that order. And they don't believe. Yeah. You know, um I don't just I didn't just put a bunch of stuff in a jar and say, "Up, oh, give me money." No. That's not how it works. No. You know, I sat, I prayed, uh, there was intention. Mm -hmm. I put thought into it. I listened. Yeah. And then, you know, you were talking about, you know, rock, your rocks, you're making necklaces and stuff. Mhm. Mm and you did the same thing, and we both experienced something out of it. We experienced the power of God, <laughs> you know, the universe. It's, you know, I mean, we're told, you know, you're going to get back what you what you give. And I, I love, um, in the Course of Miracles, it says, you know, you got to be a teacher learner, teacher learner. Um, you can't learn unless you're teaching, and you can't teach unless you're learning. And um and the other this week I've been camped out in this chapter. I can't seem to move from it because it's it's challenging to me because it says specifically that salvation can only be gained through the love of your neighbor, your brothers and sisters, your enemy, your you know, mankind, right? And if you are judging them, then essentially what is happening is your the spirit has, cannot judge the ego. Because uh, the our, the Holy Spirit within us doesn't even recognize the ego that's living inside of us, um, and so when you're judging somebody, that's your ego judging their ego, which makes you double-minded, mm -hmm. <laughs> and as a double-minded individual, you cannot have wholeness with the Holy Spirit. That creates fractures, and that's freaking hard. You know, I mean, I read that. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I try hard to love everybody. I try hard to, you know, to, to give positive thoughts and, you know, and things, you know. But truth of the matter is there's people that just piss you off and just rub you the wrong way. And, you know, and and, you know, like Jesus said, anyone could love, you know, someone that loves you back. The hard thing is loving your enemies. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what he was talking about. You know, um, the more that we read from Julie's book, my book, 
Um, you know, another thing it always does is it brings the word of Jesus to life in my mind because everybody, you know, a lot of people, I mean, there's different ways you can look at scriptures <clears throat> and, um, typically, you know, when you're taught about it, it's all, uh, what's the word? Um, actually ha it's uh, physical stuff, right? you know, physical history, it actually happened and all these things. But, but really what Jesus, his whole teaching was about everything spiritual that's happening to the body. And we're taught it's a physical teaching. And, you know, a lot of Christian denominations don't even teach the spiritual aspect mm -hmm. of life, you know. Um, but when you sit back and you look at everything through a spiritual lens, which I can specifically remember in seminary class, they told you, you cannot do it that way. I'll never forget it because I almost quit right then because I'm a mystic at heart. You know, that's how I see things. Mm -hmm. And um, that's exactly what they teach. And, and which is weird because they shouldn't in that denomination that we were in. It should be the opposite. Yeah. But um, it just goes to show, you know, where things that went over the years, you know? And so when you put everything into a spiritual context and in this book that Julie's reading, God says straight up, there is no evil mm -hmm. period. period. We create what that he created everything that he created mm -hmm. the good and the bad, mm -hmm. you know, which again, you go back to teachings. Well, God, I, you, I can't tell you how many times I was asked as, as a pastor. Well, if God is good and love, then how could, there be evil in the world you know how could where did it come from? well it comes from adam and Eve. but how did that happen because if all he created was good how could there be bad and as a pastor you're not ever really given that answer because i remember asking that same question and they give you these big long you know things that just you're done you're like huh that just mm -hmm. doesn't make sense at all um but when you go back and and, and you're reading this you know letters from god and you know, it's the yin and the yang. You cannot have one without the other. If we don't have hard things, hardships in our lives, we don't, we're not, can't experience the blessings in life and vice versa, you know? And so they both have to coexist. And so if you can't have the good without the bad, then the bad can't be bad necessarily. And if, then you go back to the Course of Miracles where we're actually divided from our body. I mean, spirit doesn't even recognize our body mm -hmm. and we can't have wholeness and healing unless we get to this place where we don't recognize our body either. We're all we see is spirit, mm -hmm. which, you know, is another block for us, right? Mm -hmm. Because of just the way things are and it's the things we're taught. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you start to believe more on the spiritual side of things and that, you know, it's, my body's not hurting. I mean, you got to get through your head and you conform your body to what you believe your spirit is. Mm -hmm. When you do that, that's when you start having that transformation of the body. Does yeah, we have a yeah, we have a friend, um, and I didn't ask him his permission, so I'm not going to mention his name. But oftentimes he will introduce or say who he is as, uh, I am a um, a spiritual soul or a spiritual being mm -hmm. living in. Mm -hmm. a physical body by the man by, uh, by a man me. named mm -hmm. yeah. whatever or a woman named uh -huh. whatever and so you know and that at first 
you know, when I first heard him saying that, I, you know, that was in the beginning of, you know, my full transformation. And I was like, man, that was so deep. And now mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God. Now yes. it makes sense. Now it makes complete <laughs> sense. It's exactly what we are. We are spiritual beings living in a physical body. I just happen to be named Julie. Exactly. And, you know? and I think that when you start living your life like that, I mean, it's kind of like really where transformation begins to happen. Mm -hmm. And and you understand, you know, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, you talk or I've talked before about the veil, you know, being open and, and really that that's, that's what happens is that the veil is lifted and you see everything differently. You see everything alive. Um, you know, we were talking earlier in our converse, our personal conversation um, about, you know, it's like religion, how in the world, you know, did, <laughs> did it get here, you know? And the, the thought that came to my mind is because I'm really going down this, uh, path of, you know, indigenous beliefs and I just love it. And it, it makes sense to me. I, that's what I see when I'm outside, you know, I see the power, the energy, you know, I see the spirit everywhere and, and I hear it, you know, in the trees and the wind and, the rocks and I'm, I'm just truly experiencing it. So it's, it's truly coming alive for me. And, you know, that's, that was the original religion, you mm -hmm. know, that, that was the original faith, um, before anything else ever came to be. And, you know, however many thousands of years later, or millions of years, I mean, who knows how long, but, you know, at some point in time, all of a sudden these religions started popping up where, um, you know, God was created in man's image yeah. and they lost the belief that, oh, wait, we're created in his image yeah, or their image. That's such a good right? thing. Uh, it goes into one of these next parts of this book and it says, um, uh, having adopted this truth as your own, you have formed thoughts around it, thoughts which are creative. You have thus created a personal reality around money, which pushes you away pushes it away from you for why would you seek to attract that which is not good so amazingly you have created the same contradiction around god everything your heart experiences about god tells you that god is good everything your teachers teach you about god tells you that god is bad exactly. your heart tells you god is to be loved without fear your teachers tell you that god is to be feared for he is a vengeful god you are here to live in fear of god's wrath they say you are to tremble in his presence. Your whole life through you, your whole life through you are to fear the judgment of the Lord. For the Lord is a just, is mm -hmm. just, you are told. Yeah. And God knows you will be in trouble when you confront the terrible justice of the Lord. You, therefore, are to be obedient to God's commands or else. Above all, you are not to ask such logical questions as, if God wanted strict obedience to his laws, then why did he create the possibility of those laws being violated? Ah, he says, <laughs> your teachers tell you, because God wanted you to have free choice. Free choice. Yet, <laughs> what kind of choice is free when you win to choose one thing over another brings condemnation? Exactly. How is this free will? Free when it is not your will, but someone else's, which means which must be done, those who teach you this would make a hypocrite of God. Yep. And then it says, you are told that God is forgiveness and compassion, yet if you do not ask for his forgiveness in the right way, <laughs> the right way, 
if you do not come to God properly with your plea, you will not be heard. Your cry will go unheeded. Even when even this would not be so bad if there were only one proper way. But there are many proper ways being taught as there are teachers to teach them. Uh, most of you, therefore, spend the bulk of your adult life searching for the right yeah. way to worship and to obey and to serve God. The irony of all of this is that I do not want your worship or do I need your obedience and it is not necessary for you to serve me. Um, and then he just goes on to, to say that that was never the intention. Which is totally amazing because that's exactly the premise of what the church the Christian mm -hmm. church was built upon. Yeah. Um, he goes on and says, if I skip through, um, he's talking about desire, which desire is the beginning of all creation. It is the first thought. It is the grand feeling within a soul. It is God choosing what is next to be created. And what is God's desire? I desire first to know and experience myself in all my glory to know who I am. Before I invented you and all of the worlds of this universe, it was impossible for me to do so. Secondly, I desire that you shall know and experience who you are through the power that I have given you to create and experience yourself in whatever way you choose to do so. That's awesome. Third, I desire for the whole life process to be an experience of constant joy continuous creation, never-ending expansion, and a total fulfillment in each moment of now. Amen. That's so, my God. That's, that's the God I, I believe in. Mm -hmm. God I try to emulate, I, to experience. Um, and he says, that's what makes sense. there is only one difference between you and me, and it is that I already know this. Exactly. And, you know, and so mm -hmm. piggybacking off of that in the Course of Miracles, <laughs> it says that our whole experience is not uh, gaining more knowledge or gaining more experience or gaining anything. Our purpose is remembering who we are. Yeah. It's remembering not who we are, but what we are. Mm -hmm. And what we are is co-creators with God because yeah. we are in essence a part of him. And then enjoying every single one and of those. Enjoying all of it. Yes. Um having absolute total joy, love, accepting blessings and gratefulness while doing all of it. Um, Which I mean and so when you say that, you know, and then I think of you know, all the years, you know, we spent, you know, serving and doing the church thing. It's there. The first place I experienced true joy was through recovery mm -hmm. because I never saw it in within the, the normal church building. Right. People, you know, they, they would talk about it, but you wouldn't. I mean, you know, it was all phony. Yeah. And when the first time I walked into that recovery meeting, I mean, it, it, it freaked me out because it was just everyone was just so weird because they were all so freaking happy, you know. Well, and I think that in those <laughs> moments, was true joy. 
Because it is true joy. Because true. all of a sudden, you are released exactly from your bondage of exactly. you know whatever it is yes. that you've been in yes. bondage to. And yes. you know now I feel like we are, you know, I mean after being in recovery for you know twenty years or whatever, you know, it's like I felt like that happiness and that joy had disappeared well it didn't disappear Mm -mm. i just got caught up in all of the other stuff sure and after releasing myself from that bondage Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know of religion bondage Mm -hmm. and you know all of the Mm -hmm. thoughts about you know god and fear and blah 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 blah, all of it all of it now i'm back at that joyful state again Mm -hmm. exactly and you know as much as you know going through recovery i mean that was life-changing for me yeah um but the reason you know we both i'll speak for you too because i know it's the truth um had to step away is because of the identity as long as you are connected to it Mm -hmm. your identity is still in your illness yeah or your disease whatever you want to call it your addiction and julie and i as long as that's your identity, guys, you will never be free from it. No. And, and it might not be, you know, a certain drug, right? But you will always be chained to something. Yeah. Because that's your identity. I got to have this, you know? Uh, and it's weird because, you know, we had, or I had, I don't know, whatever, 14, 15 years. And, um, and to be honest with you, there was times I was still white knuckling everything. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until you step out of it where you just forget about it, and you, you're no longer identifying yourself in that arena. It just disappears. Yeah, it's interesting because um, you're right. You know, as long as you continue to identify as I'm a recovering meth addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was times in that I I totally can relate to that where you you know we've got this saying in recovery, and if you're not in recovery, you might not understand. You're you're white knuckling, right? You're hanging on to the chair, and you're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. you know, it's another day. Here we go, you know. But as soon as I stopped identifying as that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that would go away. But but then some other identification came on top of me. Yeah, I had especially, to be, you know, the perfect pastor's wife. I had to look mm-hmm. like this. I had to do this. I had to do that. And I was every day white knuckling. And, don't get me wrong. And, and in a leadership role. Yeah. I mean, running the ministries for a bunch of years. Yeah. You're in the middle of it. So, you know, you're everyone's identity, identity is a, trying to attach to you. Yes. Every second of the day that yes. you're with people. Yes. You know, so it's it's a serious constant battle. Mm-hmm. Um I remember I don't remember exactly when the switch came. I think it came when we were in Dayton and we started the new CR there. Um cuz prior to that or even when we were at the other church there was a time where, you know, I I got into recovery because of sexual addiction. And you know, as leaders when you stand and introduce yourself, you know, hi, I'm Jim, I'm a recovering sex addict and blah 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 blah. And, um, I would, I remember there was people that would talk about, you know, they would identify, they kind of conglomerate that and use different terms and stuff. But there is like a moment about halfway through the time we were there where I I realized as long as I continue to stand up here and say (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering sex addict, I'm going to be a recovering sex addict. Absolutely. 
And so I started changing how I introduced myself, mm -hmm. you know, because it's just like we are what we say we are, gang. And as long as you identify as a certain thing, whether it's past, present, or future, okay, so yeah. we can use this for good too, yeah. manifesting, <laughs> yeah. right? If I'm identifying myself as healthy and prosperous and, you know, beautiful and filled with joy, I can, I can manifest that for myself better than I can being sick and mm -hmm. not whole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so we get, we truly get to chew it, choose. And for people to say, well, Jesus didn't talk about it. He did talk about it. And if you look at what the, what he, how he spoke through the new Testament and you just put, look at it spiritually instead of physically, you can get it. Um, but if you go to the book of Thomas and the book of Holy 12, and you guys, I keep bringing these up because he specifically talks about manifesting, um, manifesting are all things that we focus on, all things that we believe will manifest itself, which just yeah. means to come to completion. You know, it will manifest itself in the future. Um, so, I mean, it is a freaking real thing. And, um, you know, Old Testament, you know, be still, know that I am God, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what do we teach? That means you got to get away, get silent, put away all the stuff, all the whatever are your barriers, you know, and go and sit, you know, and be still. And because as long as you're in the noise, it makes it really hard to hear anything. It does. I mean, it's a big, big, big distraction. Um, but I've learned. Um, you know, in the last few years that if you are <coughs> truly have an understanding that you are co-creator with God, you can hear him in the noise. You can hear him in you the can, noise. And granted, I will be honest and say because of the way we live our life and have made it, it even more simplistic, more simplistic than it was, um, you know, we we really don't have a lot of noise around us. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's literally speaking as well, but um, both, but, but we have chosen to do that now, you know, um, that may not be the life for everybody, but as long as you are in the noise, mm -hmm. whatever that is for you, mm -hmm. um, you are going, I believe you will have a harder time you will. hearing and understanding what, co-creator, mm -hmm. source, God, mm -hmm. goddess wants for your life. Exactly. And so, you know, you can call it, I don't care what you call it because it's just a judgment on your part. I hear so many people call, you know, oh, it's new age this, it's new age that, it's all this new blah, 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 whatever. You can call it whatever you want. Just remember that's your own judgment. Exactly. Because you, you yourself have not experienced it. Exactly. It's your ego. And it's out. your ego. Yep. And I get it because I've been there and I am so by far, I am not judging you mm -mm. because I understand the place that you are in. Exactly. I get it. Um, because I was exactly in the same, same, same place. And you just, you know. And it really just comes to opening up your, yeah. your spirit and your heart, heart yeah. to, to something different. And let me tell you what, there are just times where, you know, um, you know, I would, I would connect with something in the beginning of this new journey for me. And I would go, oh gosh, I don't even know if I'm doing, you know, is this right? 
am I going to go to hell for this? Because all of those old tapes. tapes would play over and over and over in my mind. And until I stopped playing those old tapes and, and opened up my heart and my spirit to what felt right for me, um, and, and then went into it intentionally and just put aside all of the other crap. Mm-hmm. I was not able to experience it truthfully. Yeah. And now I've been able to experience it. And it's like, I mean, you just want to, it's like when you first experience God, right? You just want to get up on the cloud or when exactly. you first experience yeah. recovery, you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, everybody's got to do this. Exactly. It's you know, incredible. but we can't do that. It's not for everybody. No. And no, but you know, at the heart of it, I'm a, I have always been of the belief that every, person walk on the planet has a desire for something greater than themselves oh you know i mean there's people say i don't believe in god and i just call bullshit you know i mean maybe you don't believe in god yeah but but you believe that there is something bigger than yourself and you and and Um, we're in we live in this world of such confusion because of how programmed it is that of course you're like i'm unsure if i even believe in god well don't call it god i don't care what you call it don't and it you know, um, doesn't matter. And of course, anyway. you're going to be unsure because you've been taught to be unsure. You know, a bazillion different people talking about a bazillion different things, and you know, so you know, my own personal belief is that you know you can take all the religions, you know, and different beliefs throughout the world um, that at the core of their teaching is love. Mm. If if you take those. Um, they're all talking about the same thing. You just got to not get caught up on the language that they use yeah, and the words, because, you know, truthfully, you know, someone in India is their, their language. There's going to be a language barrier between their, yeah. their language and mine. Right. Yeah. And a person, you know, wherever, right. It's, it, it's not apples to apples kind of stuff. And when we can get over, you know, well, they're using this word for that or, doesn't matter whether it's spirit or power or whatever you know it's so you just got to break down those barriers first and kind of got to get over yourself that's what i had to do you know Mm -hmm. i mean because i was trained you know a certain specific way and which some of it made sense but whenever they're talking about spiritual stuff that was the stuff that made sense it was the law stuff that never made sense because it's like you're all saying there's no law anymore but yet you're projecting law upon everybody yeah so how how do you reconcile that it just it makes no sense to me and so you just you gotta just get rid of all of it and start new Mm -hmm. you know and and not with and you you gotta uh course of miracles also has this thing it really pushes all the time and talks about life being perception it's all about our perception on whatever it is right and we have to try to understand where does our perception come from is that perception coming from the ego or is that perception coming from the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and because that that's what's going to dictate your choice or the path that you're going to go down and so you know you got to listen to your heart right because our hearts are the capsule 
you know, for that spirit, for the power, for the light, whatever you want to call it, for the source of, of all knowledge and wisdom. And we're trained that it comes from the brain. Well, why would they train us? It comes from the brain because it's a freaking ego and they want to be able to control it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that we spoke, you know, when we started this whole thing, you know, that uh, all around the world and different tribes, you know, you know, Western culture, you know, we educate and then teach spirituality, you know, and other cultures they treat or they teach spirituality and then they educate yeah. because they want, you know, the foundation to someone's life to be spiritually grounded, mm -hmm. not educationally grounded, yeah. because if it's educationally grounded, it could be manipulated. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of want to end with this little funny piece that he ends with this chapter um, because it goes in to talk about, you know, he um, says, uh, so the Bible writers are witnesses to the life of Christ and faithfully recorded what they heard and saw. Correction. Most of the New Testament writers never even met or saw Jesus in their lives. Basically, uh, they lived years after Jesus even left the earth, and they wouldn't have known Jesus of the Nazareth if they walked to him, walked into him on the street. Okay, so then he goes in to talk a little bit about the Bible or whatever, um, and then he says, "So then Neil Don Walsh asks questions. So are you suggesting, or are you not suggesting? Are you that these writings, this book?" could someday become holy scripture. And he said, my child, everything in life is holy. Amen. By that measure, yes, these are holy writings, but I will not quibble with you over words because I know what you mean. So then he goes on um, and he says, um, yes, but that's different. Prayer for me has always been one way, which we talked about, right? It's only one way. I ask, I ask and God remains immutable. God has never answered prayer. Oh, yes, but never verbally, you see. Oh, 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 I have all these kinds of things happening in my life that I was once convinced were all answers, a very directive answer to prayer, but God has never just spoken to me. I see. So this God in which you believe, this God can do anything but just cannot speak? <laughs> of course God can speak, he says. If God wants to, it just doesn't seem probable that God would speak to me. This is the root of every problem that you have ever experienced in your life. For you do not consider yourself worthy enough to be spoken to by God. Exactly. Good heavens, how could you ever expect to hear my voice if you didn't imagine yourself ever deserving enough to be spoken to? I tell you this, I am performing a miracle right now for not only you, but for every person who has picked up this book and is reading these words. So then he goes on. No, and he no, says, yeah. well, that brings up another thing. I'm already thinking of publishing this material even now as it's being written. Yes, and what's wrong with that, God says. Can't it be argued that I'm creating this for profit? Is it your motive to write something so that you can make a lot of money? Well, no, that's not why I started this. I actually began the dialogue on paper because my mind had been plagued with questions for over 30 years. Questions I have been hungry and starving for answers for. The idea was that I would have to have all this made into a book come later. From me. From you? Yes. You don't think that I was going to let you waste all this marvelous questions and answers to you. I, ha I hadn't thought about it in that way, I guess. At the onset, I just wanted the questions answered. The frustration to an end. The search would then be over. Good. Now stop questioning your motives. <laughs> Do it insistently. And let's get on with it. Get on with it. So, God does have a sense of humor. <laughs> yes. And that's we what we're going to do. Is we're going to get on with it. 
Um, so I hope you enjoyed Great this segue, babe. episode wow. today. <laughs> Woo! That was awesome. Um, and if you did, um, if you have any questions for us, um, uh, or you know, you want to share a podcast, please share and all the things you can find us on Instagram at Cedar Hope Soul Coaching. Um, you can email us at Cedar Hope three two nine at gmail.com and you can check out our website at sohsoulcoaching.com and see what we are more about and um send us a let's talk and we will uh get back to you so we love you guys hope you'll share this and hope you'll leave us a review love you bye bye